millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest And good morning, our lines are open, 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And ahead on this morning's programme, we're going to hear how families are turning to crime support services due to neighbours which are causing havoc in the neighbourhood, many of these within housing estates. And this is due, especially over the last number of months, to loud late night parties. And then when the neighbours go and they question the neighbours that are causing this, uh, havoc and problem within the estate it seems those that speak up are then intimidated. We'll be speaking with Sally Hanlon of the Support After Crime Service who has been dealing with a number of people who've come across this over the last while within their housing estates. It's a problem that's happening right across the city and county and while not everybody's doing it, uh, those in the minority are causing problems for the majority in respect of maybe someone that is having a party on a Friday or a Saturday night and while the bars and pubs are closed and the nightclubs are closed, there's more people doing this maybe at the moment. They shouldn't be. They're breaking the rules, but they are doing it. Uh, but outside of any rule breaking, they're disturbing their neighbours. So if you're a frontline worker, if you work on a, a Saturday or a Sunday or a Monday or a Friday morning, as some people might be off this weekend and are dreading uh, this weekend coming up for Easter, that this could happen again. Uh, many families say they're getting no sleep because of the constant noise from their neighbours next door who feel it's okay to have a party up until four or five o'clock in the morning and then they while they go to bed at whatever time the rest of us are getting up for work so a lot of people uh, have turned for support now uh, to deal with this situation. We'll speak with Sally uh, shortly on the programme. And we're also going to discuss the GAA's new fixture plan. A lot of people wondering what is going to happen when it comes to underage games. And also then what will happen to the new fixture plan? How will that work out? But while that was being announced yesterday, the GAA did warn local clubs against returning to GAA training too early and to obey the rules. 
And yesterday we were hearing how there and a garden investigation is underway into possible breaches of level five restrictions into a club in West Cork. And then this morning, and again, I had to double check this a few times to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's story, but it's not that members of the Dublin senior football squad, they broke the COVID-19 rules to take part in a secret dawn training session that took place yesterday morning. It's on the front page of the Irish Independent today. Uh, They have pictures up of the gathering, which includes a lot of high profile GAA players from Dublin. It was uh, in a pitch in North Dublin and at least nine players involved in what the series uh, they call is a group training drill. And that was taking place yesterday morning as only a few hours after that, the GAA came out saying that they were warning local clubs against returning to training early. Maybe clubs feel that they start now, they get ahead of the rest of their local rivals. But the GAA very adamant that they, they should not do this. And now they'll be looking at Dublin to see what punishment they should get. After all, Cork and Down uh, were reprimanded for what happened earlier in or last year at this stage. So we'll, we'll be discussing that this morning with our GAA reporter, Fimber McCarthy who joins us and who looks at what way now the fixture plan will work out this year for the GAA and we got a lot of calls over the last number of months from parents on children's shoes and their child was outgrowing their pair of shoes and as parents struggled to go online and the shoes would arrive and they would be the wrong size too big or too small and then we heard from a Cork paediatrician yesterday warning of the effects of what she's seeing from children coming into her with sores in their feet because they're wearing shoes that are too small from them uh, for them and as parents continue to struggle to go and see what they can do and where they can get the correct shoe size and ordering a number of shoes online just to see what one uh, fit perfect for their child uh, the government did come out yesterday afternoon and clarify this that they are going to make that service now essential and you can go to a shoe shop appointment only uh, for to see if you, if you can arrange a meeting anyhow uh, for a correct shoe size for your child rather than what people have been doing over the last three or four months we're going to speak with a shoe shop that joined us at the very start of the very first lockdown this time last year when that became an issue even then and still you'd wonder when we were discussing it in the first lockdown, why they didn't consider it in the remaining lockdowns. Anyhow, Kirby's shoe shop in Ballincollig will join us later on that issue. And I welcome, I'm sure, for many parents and indeed shoe shops that now uh, they can go and sort this massive issue because children's shoes, especially the, a young child, can, you know, they can grow so fast. And to think that in a space of four or five or six months, you know, that they can't avail of new shoes uh, was a worry for many. Also, our guard of this morning and we have pet advice with Jane later on. If there is a pet in your household that you have a question about, we'll get in touch with us nice and early because while Jane is on, it does get busy. So get your question in as soon as you can so we can get around to your questions right now to Bernie 1850 333 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 your comments as well uh, welcome on those numbers or you can send a message to us via messenger on Facebook too at C103 Cork or tweet us at C103 Cork as well but just going back to that story there on the GAA and how members of the Dublin Senior Football Squad broke COVID-19 rules to take part in that a secret dawn training session as I mentioned it's in the front page of the Irish Independent with pictures and everything Uh, they were there taking the pictures it was a series of group training drills 
And including in several household names that, that were taking part in this, because remember, this is the sixth in a row All-Ireland champions here uh, that were photographed in this dawn run. And a lot of people asking, you know, was, was there a reason for the dawn run? They were hoping people would not see them or that they would not be caught. Well, uh, among those that were pictured was the reigning footballer of the year, Brian Finton, and the two-time All-Stars, Johnny Cooper and Brian Howard, I suppose. The big worry here is that many young people look up to these players and the fact that they see them now breaking the rules you know what could be the outcome of this will they say well they've done it can we and that's the worry now uh, from the GAA points where they will now go looking at some sort of punishment for Dublin and they'll have to considering that Cork and Down were and I'm sure other local clubs across the country uh, the session occurred just and it was just barely 12 hours uh, as the Crow Park issued a circular to all clubs and counties warning that any breaches of the current ban on collective training could put the GAA's overall plan uh, to return into serious jeopardy. And then the GAA coming out yesterday and speaking uh, and issuing a statement that they were warning clubs that that letter had been sent out and they were warning clubs to behave so that they can get back to playing GAA and then that happens in Dublin. And also a guard investigation going on in West Cork uh, in relation to a club. So uh, it is something that people have mixed views over but also disappointment I think uh, that big names were involved just when you have younger people that look up to those GAA stars, you might say many of those will be in Dublin, but you will have uh, younger GA players here in Cork as well who are looking at those players and look up to them regardless of who they play for because it's their skill they're looking at more than anything else I suppose. Anyhow we'll discuss that later on the show and going back to what can happen over the next number of months because there was a warning yesterday from health chiefs that Ireland has eight weeks to save the summer amid fears that the increase in socialising could spark a fourth COVID-19 wave. We don't want that because public health officials yesterday uh, they've again appealed to people to hold tight and not let their guard down as the lockdown marathon enters the home straight is what they say. It could mean the difference between enjoyable, enjoying a, a summer outdoors or we could be back to the misery of battling another COVID surge and this would happen throughout June and July if people don't adhere for the next four to eight weeks to the restrictions that are in place. Uh, Dr Ronan Glynn has said by, by mid to late May the vaccine rollout will utterly reduce the risk from the virus and create a series of options for the summer. Also Professor Philip Nolan added to that and he said protection is on its way and we just have to hold tight for another four to eight week period so we can enjoy the summer and they're very adamant on that that if people do uh, behave over the next uh, number of weeks and the behaviour is just the way that people don't mix uh, and adhere to whatever rules are being put out now over the next while and those we spoke about yesterday uh, that we will be able to enjoy June and July. But while all that's going on, a major row has erupted within government over plans by the Department of Health to extend the mandatory hotel quarantine to 43 additional countries, including the United States, France and Germany. The Attorney General wrote to the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, expressing concerns about the plans which have left other ministers in the European Union furious. Uh, Senior sources are confirming and they're furious because areas like like France and Germany are going to be included in these plans. But then are we right to do that? I mean, if the numbers are high in Germany and France, why would they be welcomed into this country? Why They should be going for quarantine, is what I would think anyway. Uh, I mean, we should be looking after our own country. And I know we're part of the EU, but surely if we can get back and get this country open 
and we're all adhering to at the moment the 5k and we've all adhered to the rules over the last three or four months and why not if you want to come here you'll have to quarantine and if there's others in Europe such as France and Germany who aren't happy with that well tough because you know we want our country to get back and even though we are part of the European Union I'm sure if it was the other way around, would they have a similar plan? Would they want Irish travelling over? I'm sure we'd have to quarantine if we were going to their country or whatever measures they have in place. So I think if there's high levels in France and Germany, even though we're all the one union, I still think we we should look after our own country first. Uh, And on that then, while the uh, vaccination debacle continues with people getting the vaccine that maybe should not, uh, the Irish Daily Mail have another exclusive today on this situation. And they say that an online HSC system and this online system was used for staff vaccinations. It has been widely abused by, wait for this, non-healthcare employees, with many exploiting loopholes to skip the queue for their jab. Uh, basically, the HSE's online portal, and this was to vaccinate frontline workers, not very robust, it seems, as there's no checking for identification. So someone within the HSE has come out on this and said, uh, and told the Irish Daily Mail that she did not need identification to get the jab. She also claims she knows of at least three people who managed to jump the queue by falsely posing as healthcare workers on the HSC's vaccination portal. Now, since then, the HSC has closed the online portal, which could uh, have been accessed by anyone. And if you had the link for this, you did not need a password or require anything uh, and no ID needed. So if you had the link, you just clicked on it and you could avail of a vaccine and lie your way in and say you're a front uh, line worker when you are not. Anyhow, it's closed now. And of course, a new national portal for people to register for COVID-19 vaccine. That is being set up. And well, yesterday in the Doyle or in the convention centre, anyhow, on Taoiseach Michal Martin said that it would be running uh, by the third week in April. So we'll have to see if that will take place. I know people are very sceptical of dates at the moment because how many dates have we been told this and that will happen? And we seem to go ahead two weeks and go back four. So we'll have to wait and see if that will happen. Hopefully it will and will be positive. But uh, it's mad to think that the HSC's own system for online when someone had the link you could just click on the link and head off your vaccine and that many within the HSC are saying that a number of people have skipped the queue and a lot of frontline staff not happy over that and while that is then going on several aspects of the government's plan to reopen the country are coming under greater scrutiny from those within Leinster House I mean yesterday as I mentioned we'll discuss later about the U-turn on the children's shoes but others are unhappy because while they have made a U-turn on on the shoe situation, the restrictions imposed on maternity hospitals still continues and the HSC have confirmed that those current restrictions will remain in place beyond April 5th. So nothing changing there when it comes to uh, the maternity hospital restrictions. So we'll have to wait and see if they'll look at that like they have with the shoes or not. I know a lot of people were hoping that that would change when things eased off. And of course, today is April Fool's Day. And while there's a lot of off all stories in the papers this morning just to bring you a few for a bit of fun uh, a few of them that are running in the papers this morning one is how the Queen has said that she's vowed to tell once truth after the Harry and Meghan interview the Queen now is to go face to face with Oprah Winfrey and reveal what exactly happened within Buckingham Palace <laughs> that's one that's making the papers this morning the big picture of the Queen and uh, Oprah Winfrey and then uh, I, I one here related to us in Ireland is that couples can now get married at the Supermax drive through yes you can go through the drive through now get married and with this onion ring I wed thee is the message the lockdown restrictions 
have played havoc, they say, with wedding plans. So now Supermax have come forth and they are offering people to get married at their drive throughs across the country. So there we are. You could get married in a drive through in Ballyvalan, in Tivoli or wherever else Supermax have a drive through in Cork. They're just some of the April Fool's jokes that are making and stories that I'm making in the papers this morning. No April Fool's here, though, between now and one, even though I did have to question that story coming out of Dublin with regarding the GAA situation and the players training and breaking the rules. But no, it actually happened. But I did have to question that a few times. Anyhow, your views are welcome this morning. 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your calls or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can email across the morning, JP at c103.ie C103 on what is a beautiful Thursday morning and holy Thursday morning as well as we're in Easter week and yesterday isn't a Spy Wednesday would have been yesterday and I was saying that to someone yesterday evening and they were going Spy Wednesday they never heard of it uh, but Spy Wednesday is I'm sure I'm, I'm right with this it's what they call the Wednesday before Easter Sunday and today will be Holy Thursday and then obviously enough tomorrow is Good Friday uh, but Spy Wednesday are we right with that in saying that yesterday would have been known with Spy Wednesday uh, I was talking to a few people yesterday and they, they told me they never heard of that anyhow I'll let you decide if we're right or wrong on 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We've a lot of emails into the programme from yesterday, a lot of queries, and I'll get through those across the morning. But on the way next, I want to discuss this situation that unfortunately many families are finding themselves in right across Cork and this is living next to neighbours who are having house parties or being loud late at night and then you're trying to go into work yourself uh, the next day. Maybe you find you're not performing in work or or you just can't perform in life in general with the lack of sleep due to these neighbours who were just too loud having these house parties. But why are so many now turning to support services because they can't control this situation? We'll speak with Sally Hanlon of the support after crime service next. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 And thanks to Mary when we were on about Spy Wednesday was that yesterday were we right or were we wrong? Thanks to Mary who says yes you're correct yesterday was Spy Wednesday so there we are. Uh, now let's move on and something that is worrying a lot of families here in Cork and why so many are turning to crime support services as a result of intimidating neighbours causing havoc in many housing estates. Sally Hanlon of the Support After Crime Services joins me this morning on this. Good morning to you, Sally. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I mean, this is something I've heard about during lockdown, but it was going on long before lockdown ever came. And it just seems to be house parties going on all hours into the night. You have families who are next door to the house. They're working the next day. They can't get sleep. And many of them feel it's preventing them from doing a decent day's work. And they have no other choice but to go to services like yours in the end. Yes, 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 indeed. And I think that the lockdown has compounded it, you know. Um, yeah, we've always had uh, people from uh, antisocial behaviour, noisy neighbours or awkward neighbours, whatever you want to say. But uh, the lockdown really has, in, in the instance we're dealing with, has that the neighbours who are causing the problem have no issues with lockdown, <laughs> no abiding by rules, bringing all their friends, having drinking parties, all through the night out on the street, which most likely are sometimes end up in rows and loud voices and loud talking. And when they report it, 
um, there's some damage done to their property the following morning when the guards call to the, the, the complainant's uh, property. So it, it's a nasty, horrible situation for anyone to have to live in. And when you say when they complain, how do they know they've complained? Would the neighbour have gone to the person first and said, keep it down, and then rung the guardy when nothing happens, when they continue to party? Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So then if it happens again, you're not going to be very liable to go and complain because you're afraid in case, I don't know, a, a car gets damaged, your house may get damaged. Is, is that what they're doing when you well, mean? That, Are they damaging that's, that's a property? What, that's what we're told is happening. And maybe a window broken or something like that. And constant intimidation of staring, recording, shouting loudly what's going to happen to those who reported and rats and all the rest of it being called to them. So it, it's, it's on ongoing. And I'm just talking, I'm referring to a particular case in that instance, but in other cases where you have elderly people in houses and there's congregations and parties going on. And again, more noticeable now, as I say, during the lockdown. Yeah, and Jerry has texted when he knew we were going discussing this. He says, this has happened to us recently, but I did not complain. Another neighbour did, and they really have been outcasted by other neighbours in the estate who must have been at the party. Uh, Jerry's oh. fear, yeah, Jerry's fear is though that uh, this has happened so many times, uh, whereby, as you mentioned, they were outside, they were outside the back garden, but being so loud into one or two o'clock in the morning. But yeah. no one now is willing to call the guardie. So the whole estate is nearly awake because the loud noises and, 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 and they, they continue on regardless exactly yeah regardless what happens yeah. and this is in a private housing estate he has seen I mean it, it doesn't make a difference where it's happening or, or is it no, certain it places it doesn't it doesn't be it makes no difference where it's happening in the cases that we're dealing with and I'm not saying it's all social housing but in it does appear to be people who were transferred from other areas because of their behaviour are parked beside the people that come to us. So is it that they are causing problems elsewhere? They move and is it just the city council or the county council moving these people around because they either can't deal with them or the easier solution is just to move them on? Move them on. I think they meet the needs of those who are causing the problems. And this is, again, only what I'm hearing from the people because I haven't dealt with the council and it's not my role to deal with the council. Mm. Uh, it seems as if the council uh, meet the needs of the troublemakers rather than meet the needs of those who become victims of them. And if that does and continues to happen, I mean, how can someone be reprimanded if they ignore the guardie, uh, if they ignore all the neighbours? I mean, how can they be reprimanded? Where do we go from here? Is it a case the house could be taken off them or should it be taken off them? Because as you say, it's more about the, the victims have no support, but it would seem those causing the problems have all the support. They have because they demand their rights. Mm. And for the victims, they have, well, they come to us and like other neighbours won't get involved then because they see what has happened to these no more than you said jury you know make going where the jury is making the call like it, it's a very difficult situation the people I one lot of the people I'm talking about they, they bought their house they're paying a big mortgage on it it isn't a private estate and yet the people who are disregarding all rules 
probably have it for one-tenth of what they're paying on their mortgage. And it's not that we don't want people to have homes. Of course, we want everybody to have a home. And everybody's entitled to have a home. But everybody's entitled to live in peace in their home. Very true. And we don't want to become a situation with social versus private housing. No. Uh, But in a situation whereby this is happening and they go to you, and what can you provide for someone in that situation? I know you can provide support, but on a basis... acknowledge their situation John mm. Paul and try and give them the tools to cope with it you know um, and they feedback to us when they've been with the guards and what the response is and they're not knocking the guards you know the guards hands are tied as well you know mm. um, but they just seem feel lost they feel lost they feel helpless because they can sell their house because if anybody came to view the house they would know it They'd know what the situation was. And anyone buying a house now do their own little bit of research anyway, I'm sure. So it's just... I feel so sorry for them. You'd love to be able to be a magic wand. We have another uh, a person, in, not in, in, in the Cork area, who uh, had a, a violent marriage. Eventually he left. But the council in that area provided him with the house next door. And then they went on to provide his three nephews, who are known criminals, I believe, into three more houses on the row. So this poor woman has been in fear. She's worked all her life. and She had her place beautiful. And uh, they between intimidation and beatings and stabbings uh, and breaking into the house. And while she was in hospital after her last assault, they burned down the house. No. Oh, my God. I mean, is there any research done with the councils on what someone's situation is? I'm sure that woman would have been, you know, forthcoming on on saying on what happened in her personal situation. She has great support from the guards. Um, But again... You know, I suppose they can't be there 24-7 watching. And they have cautioned and, and watched the, the, and, and liaised with the crowd doing it. So you may as well be talking to a stone. You know, but like she said, she had 20 years' work put into that house, keeping it painted and decorated, going out to work, raising her children since the husband went. But I mean, the thoughts of putting the husband, who through violence was, they separated, place him right next door attached on yeah that, that that is just so unfair and so wrong I mean oh. you know if she's gone to them and, and explained the situation they should have known more by the names of the people and known more not to put them there uh, yeah I mean there's a big reaction to this uh, Sally and I think people are not alone as you say you'd love to wave the, the magic wand and, and just change the situation so many people are finding themselves in this situation uh, here's just an example from Nicola and she sums up a lot of our callers and texters who are, are giving their old examples this morning Nicola said I live next to a Polish couple who were fantastic to us for four years we never had a problem they worked very hard so they were only there really in the evenings and at night time and they helped us when we needed help and vice versa they left and the house was sold and then this new couple came in yes the husband worked they had young children and they were fine for the first week 
within the second week the party started on a Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday night uh, my husband worked weekends he's a delivery driver and I am a nurse but we could get no sleep I tried everything in the end to see what could be done but in the end nothing could be done even though I went to Gardaí I went to Citizens Information and so many other advisory boards I had no power uh, Sally is right there's nothing in place for the victims of this in the end we were lucky enough to sell our home and we have now moved to a new area but we do miss our old area and our old neighbours which I do feel so sorry for because those living on the other side of this who were an elderly couple now still have to put up with this abuse uh, says Nicola and it's something like that when you see a family having to leave an estate I presume you were in Nicola that, that, that you love and you have to go because you simply can't get sleep and nothing can be done like that was their home that they built yeah. together you know and worked hard for like I was amazed shouldn't say I should be amazed, but I was amazed at the response the evening as Sarah Horgan's uh, article on the Echo mm-hmm. wrote. I mean, the amount of calls we got after that of people in similar situations who they just feel let down. Of course they do, because there seems to be no way out. And I don't want to get into the social versus private, oh, but no, I, have another, yeah, and I have another uh, text here who agrees with those. And this is Harry saying, I agree uh, with people who were saying that you buy a house, you might pay €300,000 for a house, and then someone a few doors down receives a house from the council. Now, the majority, Harry says, are lovely people. He doesn't, you know, it's nothing, nothing against what's happening with the outlaying of houses. Uh, but he says some then are receiving a house that they cause havoc for the estate think that someone can pay €300,000 for a house and an estate, someone down the road pays only a minimum a week uh, to the council, but they're the ones that can party 24-7 because in Harry says they don't seem to be working but they're leaving the rest of us up all night and leaving us in a way that we can't work properly. It is so unfair, uh, says Harry and that seems to be a big issue as well and again, not getting into the social versus private, but it is an issue. It is an issue, of course it's an issue and again, like if you could bring it back to if the people who are causing this havoc and, you know, just disregarding everybody, they must have no respect for themselves and there's young children involved in all, in all situations, in the neighbours and in their houses. It's, it's something the agencies should come together as in the health agencies and, and social services with the guards to first of all ensure that the children in those houses are safe and being looked after where if there's drinking and parting going on day and night um, and then somehow or other like everybody has to be accountable like if you get a house for little or nothing and it's done up to the last for you because they are done up to the last for them everything is redone and repainted and refitted and you have no regard for it. And you have no regard for those around you. Well, then something is wrong. So who are, who are those tenants accountable to? How are they monitored? The uh, council said that they were vetted before they're put in. But who is monitoring how they maintain and how they behave? Yeah, very true. Uh, and if someone wants to get in contact with yourself, Sally, for your own service there, how can they contact you guys? They can contact us on 021 
Okay, Sally, well, well done on the work you were doing. This is a big issue. Uh, and a lot of people, as I said, with Nicola and Harry's example there, have uh, various stories and similar stories to those guys. But for the moment, Sally, thanks for joining us this and morning. Thank you too. And happy Easter. And many happy returns. Enjoy okay. your Easter. And well done on the work you were doing there thank in you your support all. services. That is Sally Hanlon of the Support After Crime Services here in Cork. And the reality of what is affecting so many people across the city and county. People are worried now, obviously, with COVID restrictions and the rules that are in place. But before that, you can hear the evidence of people who just have new neighbours who really just don't have any respect. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Jim on WhatsApp says, Hi John Paul, an easy way to get back at your neighbours having a house party is to leave on the radio full blast when you were going to work as they will be trying to sleep off the after effects of the party and a hangover so they might think twice about partying again and probably end up with a broken window is what Jim is saying. Also Eileen says, I have a smart speaker and with my smart speaker I can switch it on remotely. Uh, this has happened to me a few times and why I did not want to wake my neighbours on around me that live near me as well I waited until mid-morning to put on music loud for two hours and then I turned it off again remotely while I was at work that did the trick for me after a while but I was conscious of my other neighbours as well without disturbing them uh, thank you Eileen on WhatsApp to 0862103103 the issue of what is the future now for GAA fixtures Bush what is the future for Dublin after the breaking rules yesterday training early morning yesterday morning in Dublin we'll speak with our GAA a reporter for Mark McCarthy next. Or today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. With Tuesday's announcement on the easing of restrictions across the country, sport was one of those mentioned, and the GAA are to confirm a new fixture plan next week. While many wonder what that plan could be, it has been overshadowed this morning as members of the Dublin senior football squad broke COVID 19 rules to take part in a secret dawn training session yesterday morning. Our GAA reporter, Finbar McCarthy, joins me on this. Good morning to you, Finbar. Morning, JP. And we'll get to what's happening future-wise in the fixture list shortly, but this is something that a lot of people uh, are texting in and, and responding to this morning, and some are very disappointed that high-profile names were involved in this training session yesterday. I know as well an investigation is being carried out and is underway by Gardaí into possible breaches of Level 5 restrictions uh, in West Cork by a club, but just on the Dublin situation, uh, I mean, this will, that they'll have to have some impact, won't they, and they'll have to punish Dublin like what they did with Cork and Dublin? Yeah, I would think so. There, there are some calls this morning for, um, I, I woke up and I saw, I, when I took to my phone this morning, it was all over my phone and I had a quick test with Barry O'Mahony in the newsroom and he was saying the same, it's all over the place. But um, I, I think there are calls that it might delay the return to, to play. I don't think that should happen. I think they're going to punish anyone. It's, Dublin should be punished. Cork have already suffered with their man, Jerome McCarthy, on a 12-week suspension. Why blame all the other 31 counties for fault of Dublin. It's Dublin should be punished whatever, in whatever sanction they choose to take, but it shouldn't. It should not stop the return to play. That's my opinion. It's, it's Dublin broke the rule, no other county broke the rule, and the state should be punished. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, as other counties have been punished and local clubs yeah. in some areas of the county have been, it's a case of, well, you know, they, they broke the rules. Cork uh, have been reprimanded. So why not Dublin? I mean, a lot of people this morning are, are talking about the fact that, you know, going very extreme measures of looking at their medals and saying, you know, should they be punished uh, for doing this? But I think the way about it would be what you're saying is to, well, let, let's all restart and Dublin can follow on. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I've read some ridiculous comments that she should be thrown out of the championship. They're made to take them. Look, they broke the rule, and whatever sanction applied to the clock manager should apply to the Dublin people. It, it, it's suspension for a period of weeks. Park it, let them serve the suspension and move on, because, look, they broke it. We can't, there's nothing to be, the damage is done, can't be undone, but should just be punished and move on. Prolong this thing is going to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a new story. There's not a whole lot happening and people are, are latching on to it. But at the end of the day, they broke the rule. They should be punished and let's move on and let's get fellas back playing, be it hurling football, commodity ladies football, because everybody needs a lift and sport in any shape or form gives people a lift and that will help, help ease the pain. And then I mentioned there the investigation that is underway by Gardaí into a possible breach as well here in Cork uh, by a GA club. I mean, th- that yeah. does continue. Uh, I suppose things like this from Bar don't help then the GA's cause to go forward to the government and say we want to do X, Y, Z and that all ca- also can hamper other sports in Ireland. Yeah, I agree, JP. To be fair, that that's quite true. And I mean, it's somewhat ironic that on when, the, when the, the announcement on Tuesday came that the return to play... A letter was sent out by the Director General Tom Ryan and the new President Larry McCarthy saying they were delighted with the announcement and looking forward. And one of the lines in the, I have the letter at home in my system, one of the lines was, we would encourage and ask all units of our association, be their club and the county, to refrain from any sort of organised training until the day specified, which is the 19th of April. And then within the space of a few hours of that, that letter being sent out, you had the, the incident below in West Cork, which I believe happened last month, not in the recent days, happened last month, and then the Dublin story. So it, the optics are not good, but punish the people that are involved and don't punish the people that didn't break the rules. And a lot of people asking, why are clubs doing this? I mean, is it just to get ahead of others that they want to train you know, sooner so they can get ahead of the rest of the posse who start training later and obey the rules? I presume that's the case. Yeah. And no, I think the, the identity of the club hasn't been made public, but everybody seems to know who it is. So I, I think most most club players are doing bits and pieces on their own, one or two going for runs or doing gym sessions or Zoom sessions. But I, to the best of my knowledge, JP, I think the majority, 99% of the clubs are, are observing the protocols and not training in groups. Some You will always get some clubs, in whatever sport, be it soccer, rugby, Gaelic games or anything, there will always be some club will break the rules. And as I keep saying and repeat myself, punish those that don't break that break the rules. Don't punish if you don't break the rules, don't be punished. And let's not why should why should thousands pay for the the um a few breaking the rules. That's my view on it anyway. Yeah, no, true. I think a lot of people would be with you on that. And let's look ahead then to the fixtures for the coming year when it comes to GAA. They are looking at a new type national league and they said that should begin anyhow uh, between mid and late May. What are we looking at here when they mean a new league? What's ahead of us this year? Well, when I spoke to you yesterday, JP, um, the football structure has been kind of flagged well in advance. They're regionalising it. And Cork Football, for example, I believe, are in Division 2 South with Clare, Kildare and Leash. Top two will go into the semi-finals and play the other teams in Division 2 promotion. But last night, I, I got my hands on the document and I put up on Twitter, actually, of two formats that are being discussed for the Hurling League. One would entail uh, three games for, for every county, and the second one would entail five games. Now, if the counties, and from what I believe, most managers are opting for this, for the five games, it would mean a three-week running period of preparation and the leagues would start on the 8th and the 9th of May. Whereas the other one, 
the first one should be fine. So the GA did say they give every county four week a four week running period for preparation. But if they get five games, they'd have to reduce the running period to three weeks. And I think uh, county inter county managers would prefer more games and less preparation time to follow my drift. Yeah, if, because if it's allotted within a three week period, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they could get they could get three good solids. We I think to be fair. Most of the county players look after themselves physically. Yeah. They do their work and, you know, they're, doing, they're on Zoom sessions. I know the cop callers have a Zoom session most Saturday mornings and they're giving details and they go and do it on their own. So I saw, and I presume that's the same with every county. So I think the fitness level wouldn't be but I would think that's more. I sent this thing on to Kieran Kingston last night and he was in favour of option two, which would give them five games and the leagues would start in the 8th and the 9th of May. And have a shorter lead in. A, a three-week leading instead yeah. of a four-week leading. Yeah, and so I think, you see, JP, what would happen anyway? In that, in the four-week period, they'd probably play a challenge game. You know? True. So yeah, you're going to do that. So why not get in a good competitive match and start me up for, for what we hope will be an exciting summer ahead? Yeah, very true. Well, hopefully there will be and uh, hopefully no more clubs will hamper the progression of the games getting back. Because as you mentioned, a lot of people are looking forward to live sport, be that whatever here in Ireland and GA obviously yeah. is the main one, but whatever other sport is coming through as well. Uh, for the moment, Finbar, thanks for joining us and we'll wait and see no what happens with those clubs. Take care. Uh, th- take care. That is our GA reporter, Finbar McCarthy. Your views are welcome. 1850 You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103. You can always send us a message via Facebook on the Messenger to C103 Cork. Good morning to you, John Paul McNamara. In for Patricia Messenger right through until one today. Patricia back tomorrow for Good Friday. And ahead very shortly, we are going to be discussing the purchasing of children's shoes, which now is being deemed an essential service. So many parents were contacting us over the last number of months and we spoke with them on air about this situation and how frustrating it was and the effects and the negative effects it was having on their child. Anyhow, we'll discuss that shortly on the programme. But back to the situation of families who have no choice now but to turn to crime support services. And this is due to neighbours causing havoc uh, in their housing estate or next door. And when someone do approach the neighbours, they end up uh, becoming in, or if, if they approach them saying, you know, you were too loud the night before or you're too loud at the moment with the music, it seems those neighbours then that are causing the havoc are intimidating other neighbours. We spoke earlier with Sally Hanlon of the Support After Crime Service. Well, on this, we have a WhatsApp uh, from a person who found themselves in this situation. And this person says, I'm a young person who privately owns and I'm living next to a council tenant and she is an old age pensioner. Now, she bangs the doors late at night and when she does this, everything shakes and then she can get angry and she can again start banging doors. But I can hear that quite clearly from my house. I have tried to get help from the county council, but because I am owner occupier, they don't care about me. I tried the guardie, but all they can do is talk to her. I have tried engaging with the family and her daughter just plays the victim. Then I used to go around there and give her a piece of my mind but then she tried to get me arrested. She's very good at playing the victim. The guardy say that there's not much that can be done. It's a whole handling of the situation you have to deal with and it's a very lengthy process in the civil court. So one day I got smart. I realised that if I can't deal with her too handy then she can't deal with me either. So now if I like a song for example on Eric's show in the evenings or I fancy having a few drinks and I fancy some crack and I just play my radio loud well then that's what I have done and I'm glad to report 
that her nonsense has reduced a lot. It's amazing what a bit of old-fashioned tit-for-tat can solve. The trick is, never let these people get too angry because they're just playing the victim and never threaten violence or damage to their property and don't get violent or aggressive. Everything else is completely legal. It is upsetting how a house that I ploughed my savings into and she can get one for free, but then again, that's an argument for another day. But then going back to the uh, way of handling it and a lot of people are saying this is play them at their own game if you can and then when they can hear the loud noise next door uh, they realise the hardship you were going through now not everybody can do that not everybody would want to do that and some will say that's not the answer either but that's what we're getting on text and whatsapp when it comes to this I think the advice there is though don't play them at their own game when it comes to making the person angry and, and causing a scene as well because uh, that can make the situation a way worse what we heard earlier uh, speaking to Sally and also uh, from callers who said that they were intimidated by the neighbours which they did complain to about the noise situation anyhow thank you for your WhatsApp on the issue of the GAA and first of all on the new fixtures but more so on the fact that a club in Cork and then uh, the Dublin senior footballers who broke the COVID rules they had a secret dawn training session yesterday in North Dublin while well, on that people are saying first of all Ian because Finbar was saying yesterday you know they have to be punished Dublin need to be punished for this uh, but while people were saying throw them out of the championship that was not really the way to go Ian is agreeing with Finbar on that he is saying that we should not and don't punish every GAA club in the country because of Dublin uh, punish them so reprimand Dublin in some way but let every other county continue on in the roadmap for reopening GAA games as it will give us all a lift and Finbar made that point that while we shouldn't be throwing Dublin out of the championship we still need Dublin to be punished but don't hold back the rest of the counties or the rest of the clubs in the country for what one uh, county has done and Ian agreeing with Fimber on that point but they should be punished but let the others continue uh, Ian says even leaving them out for a few games might drive the lesson home to others that you cannot break the rules so why not uh, you, while have them, having them in the championships and the leagues and all of that maybe leave them out for the first four or five and that might drive the message home that people cannot uh, keep doing this and that it's unfair on other clubs in the country and indeed the county we mentioned as well that a club in West Cork is being investigated. A Garda investigation is underway and Jim uh, making the point that I hope the punishments uh, that you talk about for Dublin happens also for any Cork clubs that break the rules too. Uh, the punishment should be as harsh on clubs. I don't think that it is harsh enough and I think if they were punished then other clubs would see the punishments and not try something like this. If they get away with it other clubs will follow suit so there should be a harsh punishment for clubs. Others will see this and won't try it because they saw the other club not getting away with it says Jim and while Nula agreeing with Finbar too on throwing Dublin out of the championship will be too far she feels though they need to be reprimanded in a tough way so it sends the message home to others that they can't go and keep doing something like this and indeed uh, clubs as well that they should be reprimanded but uh, not throwing people out of championships and Nula says but still uh, in a way that others won't follow. Uh, thank you for your calls regarding the GAA and what has happened with Dublin and the club here in Cork. And on the issue of driving, uh, Michael M. Bantry has texted this in this morning. Uh, what are your views on this for Michael? He says, Good morning, John Paul. I was driving home from a shop last night and I was driving through a 50k zone and a 30k zone. And then these guys came up behind me 
and they were flashing their lights trying to make me to go faster. Uh, what are listeners' views on this, says Michael in Bantry. Uh, I presume, Michael, you kept to the speed limit of the 50k zone and the 30k zone, but that can happen at times uh, when you're driving on the roadway and you reach an area that has gone from maybe 100k to 80 and then 80 to 60, for example, in your case, 50 to 30. And you will have somebody who drives right up behind you and you know you're in a speed limit and they know they're in a speed limit because the signs, and, and nowadays there's always a sign before you kind of two or three signs warning you of the speed limit. So they're well aware that they're in a 50k. But still, they drive right behind you and sometimes you are forced to drive ahead. I know a mate of mine, uh, he was he received penalty points because, and he's a really careful driver, but because the guy was right behind him, he felt he just nudged ahead a bit in speed and there was a speed van around the corner and, and he was caught for that. But he's, he blamed the driver behind him who was really up behind him and tailgating him. And he felt that he was under pressure and he just put down the foot a bit more to edge away uh, from that driver. But he was in the one in the end getting caught out. So he would have been better off to leave that driver, uh, go slow and, and keep at the limit which was uh, in Michael's case 50k but flashing uh, intimidation in, in some way a lot of people would say and if you're confident that uh, Michael is saying uh, boy racers in his text I mean if you're confident there were just drivers who were, who were looking to go fast and looking for you to go faster that it wasn't an emergency situation because you know you could always have a situation whereby someone's in a car rushing to get to a hospital we don't know what someone's going through maybe they are rushing and there's no way around uh, but in this situation Michael is confident that it wasn't uh, and that it was just someone looking for him to go faster than the speed limit. Your view on that? Has that happened to you? Especially someone flashing lights uh, to make you speed up. Uh, but in general, in speed zones, uh, does it annoy you when you're travelling along? You slow down to obey the speed. And next thing, there's a car right behind you who is aware also, but doesn't seem to care and wants you to speed up. Uh, your views are welcome on that. Driver behaviour, uh, always uh, uh, up for discussion on our roads here in Cork. And Michael and Bantry, thank you for your text to 0862 and on the issue of cutting and this is from Mary who says I thought hedge cutting is supposed to be stopped but I see two hedge cutters on the road this morning where I live uh, Mary's in the drum colour area well Mary you are right uh, now for safety there was a law brought out that there is something uh, for, for safety on a roadway if something is really causing hazardous condition and, and that has to be removed uh, that is uh, allowed but I mean it would have to be something really really bad for it to be removed and the council would have to assessed and all of that but under general terms of the Wildlife Act roadside hedge cutting is only permitted between the 1st of September and the end of February so the 1st of September and the end of February so anybody doing it now uh, should not be doing so uh, and it's outside of the hedge cutting season so Mary that's your answer on that one that's happening in your area and on back to the GAA for a minute a text in here from a person who says it's terrible to see Dublin teams breaking the rules. Lockdown Dublin is the only way to protect us, says this texter. Teachers and guardies should have been, should have a manner with regards to the vaccination. The government can teach the manner, says this texter. Uh, while there's checkpoints in various parts of the county, uh, surely then the guardie do need to be vaccinated. But also uh, we need to look at this in a different manner, says that texter. And there's another text as well, very similar to that, uh, which we'll get back to uh, regarding 
regarding checkpoints and regarding vaccinations. We'll get the back, to the, back to that in a while. Also regarding homes, we spoke about there in housing and, and those who are living in housing estates whereby, again, like Sally mentioned earlier, are just in a situation of havoc with people making noise around them. A texter here says, I live in a council housing estate and I feel that they don't check who they're putting in to the houses. We've had some very rowdy people moving in over the last number of years. Surely they need to do more background checking on people they put into housing estates where there is no trouble whatsoever. And a number of other calls and texts on different issues. We'll get back to those across the course of the morning. Also a lot of emails into the show as well. We'll get to those as well. Uh, keep them coming on at 86 text or WhatsApp. Or indeed you can email jp at c103.ie C103 Jobs and on our job spot for today, part-time driver with a C1 licence is wanted for one to two days per week in the new market area. You can email your CV to info at annanwells.com. Cronin's Hardware in Ballylicky have the following vacancies for a shop assistant, also store person, administration, a van delivery driver and a driver with a full Arctic driving licence. Experience also in HGV. The details of these and more are on c103.ie and you can apply to Cronin's Hardware at gmail.com and full and part-time person is required for general maintenance gardening and driving in the Castletown Bear area call 087-3289-638 for further details you get these jobs and more details now online at c103.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Across Cork City and County, this is Cork Today on C103. Many parents are having problems getting the correct shoe sizes for their children. And many of this was due to the shoe shops being closed. We spoke to a number of parents over the last number of months who had concerns. We heard yesterday from a paediatrician who said that she had seen cases whereby the feet of young children basically was coming out in skin rashes and different kind of ailments, all to do with the wrong size shoe. So as we were getting a lot of queries from parents, we were speaking to a number of shoe shops yesterday and one of those is Kirby's Shoe Shop in Ballincolic who did join us uh, this time last year on that very issue and Eileen Kirby joins me this morning. Good morning to you Eileen. Good morning John Paul, how are you? I'm fine thanks and thanks for joining us. So yesterday while we were having this discussion with a number of parents and we were looking and speaking to shoe shops like yourself, the government did clarify now that children's shoes are being added to the essential list and you can go along via appointment to your local shop. I mean that must come to some relief to the likes of yourselves because you were hearing so much from parents and indeed radio stations like ourselves over the last year about this issue. Yeah, actually, you know, it is about time it, it was actually very low-key for a while, I think, but it did become very much in the news lately, which was very good. Um, now, we are delighted, we're very pleased, and we're especially delighted for parents, you know, because now they can get their kids properly fitted, which is so important, and they can get the right shoes. And, you know, like, if, if the children are wearing badly fitting shoes, it can actually affect their posture, and it can affect them even in later life. So it's hugely important and it is definitely like, you know, it should have been, it should, they should never have been closed, small kids, because as you mentioned there, the pediatricians are sending kids, are telling parents to get the kids appointments, you know, for the get the proper shoes, but they can't get them. It's been, what, about four, three, three to four months since 
since anyone have been able to buy shoes for a child. Yeah, and you know yourself with a very young child, they can grow so fast in that time frame that they will, uh, many will grow their shoe size within a number of months. Well, and a small child will actually, you know, can need, a small child between one and three years can actually need to change their shoes any time between six weeks and three months. After that, they get longer. But at that stage, they are growing so fast. And that is when the feet are forming and the little bones in the feet are forming. So that is when, that is hugely important that those kids are fitted properly for their shoes. You know, and since we, since this news has come out, our phones are hopping for appointments. Like it's just, they started last night and seven o'clock again this morning. Just people trying to make an appointment. No, it's quite difficult now to get an appointment in the next week or so. But, you know, we are delighted that we are able to go again, you know. And we're yeah. ready. We're ready. We have all our spring, summer stock in and all our kiddies' shoes in. And we're, you know, we're ready to go. Like, we our shop is prepared. We have our sanitizers, our masks. We have our perspex up between our seats. And we're only going to allow limited customers in at a time anyway. So nobody need be afraid that there will be too many in the shop. It won't happen. You know? Yeah, you would have had those measures in place when we opened the country last summer. So you were ready again to have that in place. Absolutely. So like, and that's with all shops, really. I mean, all the, the, you know, outside of shoe shops. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I can't see why all the shops aren't allowed open, all the smaller shops, seeing that a lot of the bigger shops are open anyway. And just the smaller shops need the business to keep them going or else our main streets will be just, you'll walk down the South Main Street and Bend and in other places and all you'll see is boarded up stores and boarded up shops. Very you know? true. Yeah, we need and the smaller retailers to be there because they're going to be able to survive. Yeah, then they keep the rural towns going. The smaller Absolutely. ones, not the 
the, the big brands that, that we are aware of who may be in our cities this is the smaller ones if you support them they'll keep your local town going that's so many are fighting for at the moment and so many people are moving back to uh, due to the pandemic you mentioned the appointment system there Eileen uh, that system you're saying it's working well but are, are you seeing now demands increasing as you mentioned would there be a waiting list is that how you're oh, going to yeah. run it? Yeah but we will try and accommodate and we will stay open and we will try and accommodate as many as we can each day do you know? And um, people don't mind waiting a week or 10 days if they can get it done and if they know that they can get the child measured in, it, in this much time. They don't mind waiting that little bit of time, you know. At least they can see that there is, a, you know, that they will be getting the feet measured soon, so... It's not so bad, like. Yeah, and what would you say, because when we were raising this over the last number of months, everybody was coming back to us saying within government departments or elsewhere, go online. But while adults were going online to buy shoes, they themselves were realising a size 5 might arrive and there might be a size 6 or a size 4. It wasn't really ideal. It might be ideal for a lot of people, but for a number of people out there, the shoe sizes for runners or whatever, it can differ. It can. And also the shoes are made in different countries like Spain, Germany, um, Italy and places, and they all actually fit differently. So that's with small kids. You really have to to bring out maybe four or five pair before you can get the right fitting shoe for the child. So, I mean, I had a woman on this morning and she, she said her child was wearing wellies and hand-me-down shoes since the end of January. And she, she was nearly in tears because she felt she had neglected the child. Now, it, and it obviously isn't the parents' fault that, you know, that we were regarded as non-essential. But, um, no, you know, I mean, you have to try so many pair of shoes to get the right fitting for a child's foot. So, like, it, it is essential. And the, cost, the customers like to come in. They like to talk to you and get your opinion, you know, and to, we, we know we, we kind of make friends with our customers and we're in business 40 years, so... We're, we're no, we're we're all stalemates at the job, and yeah, and you physically have to try on the shoe as well to make yeah. sure it's it's comfortable. And when you mentioned there about parents, like that that parent that rang up, I mean, yeah. uh, before the announcement yesterday, would you have been speaking to parents ringing you who had concerns like that, and yeah, you were in a situation whereby you could give advice, I suppose, but you could not we do much else. We can only give advice, but but very little. You know, you can give advice, but but it it you know you're afraid yourself it can be the wrong advice because as you say. There are so many different styles and types of shoes. Like, if you get a child into the shop, the shoe might be just too heavy, you know? It, it mightn't be flexible enough for that child, while it might suit another child. But you have to see them walking and see that they walk properly in the shoes as well, you know? So it's hugely important, and I'm glad that they're after seeing seen sense at last. Like True, and for the what was mentioned as a luxury item, as a, a owner of a, of a shoe shop, I mean, what do you make of that when they said that this is not a luxury item, even though it was very essential uh, for children to have shoes? And then we had, as I mentioned, the paediatrician coming out with yeah. the skin infections. I mean, what did you make of that before the announcement when you kept hearing this, when people, people were fighting uh, for these shops to be open, but th- this argument kept coming up? It was very frustrating. It really was. Like, And I know a lot of people got on to their local councillors and stuff, mm. and I I think, yeah, there was a bit of advice like, look, do the best you can and see, you know, but we can't say that you can do anything, you know. So, like, we just didn't get the go-ahead. But people were very frustrated with the whole thing. And, it, it, like, you know, children in particular, you know, I mean, there's no child that don't need, say, four pair of shoes in the year because their feet are growing so fast. And they have to be fitted for every pair. 
you know. So, like, it's, it's, um, it is essential. Like, ladies, maybe the older kids, you could buy them online because you can take a chance maybe on going up a size and until you get to a shoe shop and you mightn't be too bad. But the smaller kids in particular, they definitely need to be fitted. Well, the good news is at least for local businesses, anyhow, if there is waiting lists and if there is a busy phones for appointments, it's a good sign for local business that people will be going back and spending money with the shoe shop. So that's a positive out of everything with this. And the appointments will work for your own shop and for other shops as well. And, yeah. and the big message is for parents who, who are worried about going in anywhere. Safety measures are in place, as you mentioned, and there's no, oh, you don't have to be fearful about anything. The safety measures yeah. are in place. And all I would like to say too, John Paul, is that when the shops do open in the towns, I hope the people come back and support their local shops and not to be buying from the multiples in Asia and China. And like, there's nothing like going into your local shop and talking to your to the girls in there that know you and that you know them, you know. And it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a nice thing. Like, it's even just to go in for a chat. It's nice. And it would be a terrible disaster if, you know, if people don't support those shops and get back to supporting those shops and make sure that they can stay afloat because it has been a very, very difficult year. Well, hopefully they do. Uh, it has been very hard here for, yeah. for for everybody, and I mean you've noticed that there as well. Yeah. I mean, how how have you been outside of the the whole children's shoes scenario for a business person? I mean, how has this affected the income? How do you keep a shop even though it's closed? You still have you know bills coming in and everything. and everything. Yeah, how do you manage that? Now, Ian, my son is is um, I've been in the business myself forty years, but Ian is sort of taking over the business now, so he is more into the online like that he can sell online and mm. he's dealing with people online. So we're doing a big online trade for kids' shoes around the country, would you believe, at this stage? Like, So that kept us afloat, to be honest, you know. It did keep us going. Um, but, you know, you're not making anything like you could make if, when your shop is open. You just have to try and you just keep hoping that, you know, maybe next month, next next week, next month, we will be open and get back to normal. Because if it went on for a long, long time longer, like we wouldn't be able to stay open. That's the truth about True. it. Like, and did the know? online service you were providing, as you mentioned, across the country, yeah. did that was that able to pay for, for all the bills and, and keep the, the overheads uh, paid for, or, uh, no, or was it I just mean, tipping over? It's not, John Paul, but you you know, we have to go into our reserves, but like, it's, um, it's obviously not going to be enough to to keep us going and you just know hopefully because we're getting out of this too soon like things will get back to normal pretty quick but I can see a lot of small independent shops will not open you know they, n- they just won't be able to survive much longer if the government don't let them open their doors you know it's just good. it's so difficult like they have all the bills the overheads and now we've got all our summer stock just arrived in the door you know all our seasonal stock have just arrived in and that's that's with most people that's even with shops that aren't going to be allowed to sell so like they're getting their seasonal stock in as well that all has to be paid for that's a very good point you're still paying for that regardless of what happens it. and it's a very short season so like you know you have to have that gone again by you know the middle of july when people expect sales again so you, you really have a very short season to sell your your seasonal stock you know so it's just it's it's just it's hard to manage at the moment, but you know. 
Well, hopefully brighter well, days are ahead, Eileen. I mean, I was listening to a report from the SRI and others saying that people have, unlike other recessions, people have saved money. Hopefully some people have saved money anyhow yeah. or been able to. So on a positive note yeah. that at least people will be able to spend that money if they were lucky yeah. enough to keep their job and save money and that they'd be able to do so in shops like your own and others. So that's something and positive I anyway. And I that they do spend local and that they keep the shops open yeah. in their towns. I mean, you can't imagine going down South Main Street and seeing Mabel Deans and Conlin Hens and Batemans and all those, you know, they all need, they will all need the support. Yeah, so support your own and, and keep the, the Main Street and all our towns open and, yeah. and we need that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Eileen, good to chat and uh, hopefully now this uh, this news that is coming out will ease the pressure on many parents uh, over the, not only here in Cork but across the country and thanks for joining us this morning, Eileen. I'd like to say that, like, if anybody is, you know, worried about anything, uh, kirbyshoes.ie, that's our webpage, and you can ring us, you know, ring um, these numbers up there, my son's mobile and the, sh- and the shop phone is up there. So if, you, if you're worried about anything, give us a ring and we'll talk to you anyway and talk to you about an appointment. Yeah, best of luck and it's all there on your website. For the moment, Eileen, thanks for joining us right. this morning. And Eileen Kirby there from Kirby Shoe Shop in Ballincollig. On that news now, eventually, after all the debates on air, uh, that the children's shoes are now added to the essential list, uh, given the uh, fight that was on for the last number of months about that. Uh, but already, as you heard Eileen saying there, uh, there is uh, a number of waiting lists uh, and that's just one shop. I'm sure others are the same, but people don't mind to wait a week or so when they know they can actually get in and physically buy those shoes for the young children who, who of course will grow uh, very fast when it comes to the feet. Anyhow, your viewers are welcome 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Our Garda file is next Record today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 0862103103 And it's time for this week's Garda file I'm joined by Sergeant John Kelly from Fermoy Garda Station Good morning to you John Good morning, John Paul. And Thanks we'll start uh, this week, and it's uh, an appeal you're looking for for a car seen in the North Cork area, and this is because of two break-ins, one in Dromina and one in Buttevant. Yes, uh, John Paul. I suppose just to start with the one in Dromina, just to give uh, some details there. Um, a court last Thursday morning, between 10 a.m. and uh, 1 p.m., there was a house broken into... Um, there was only a couple of small items stolen from the house in Dromina. Uh, that same morning, right, or the early afternoon between 12.30 and 1 o'clock. So we can be very specific about the one in Butman. That occurred between 12.30 and 1. So coming from Dromina, you may travel by Dromina via Liscow into Butman. But um, we believe that a grey SUV was seen in the vicinity of the one in Dromina. And that was seen there around 12 o'clock. Now, we we cannot be sure that was a, the, this grey SUV was involved, but we'd ask anybody if they can cast their mind back to last Thursday, uh, why, did you travel uh, Dromina to um, maybe buy a Liscal department? Or indeed, did you see any other car or van or whatever that was looked out of the way in, in the area? Um, and if you did, please contact us uh, there at Mallow or indeed any Garda station in the North Cork area just to give us a, an idea of uh, what you have seen. The Garda at Mallow, 022 But um, we believe because of the space of time involved that both of those are related, you know, and that uh, uh, we'd, uh, I suppose a lot of people know they have dash cam footage and uh, that they probably...
probably have at least a week on it. Um, if they could have a look back and if they see anything, if they could give us a ring, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. And this is the car you're looking for that would be acting suspiciously or, or, or have you any certainty of, of what type of car it was or is? No, we've no certainty. As I said, a grey SUV was seen. That's, yeah, that's was, it. was what I was given. Um, as regards seen uh, Dromina and that appeared to have been reversed into the injured party's house in this particular case. Now, we have no certainty that the same one uh, was at Buttevant, but as I say, in Buttevant, we're very specific about the time. The injured party in that particular case uh, with their family were gone to a shop and they were gone for that half hour between 12.30 and 1 when, when the break-in happened there um, and uh, some, some jewellery was taken in that instance. So we'd ask anybody that saw anything suspicious. Um, as I say, could have been in the case of the one in Bermuda, it was between 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., but we have a sighting there around 12 o'clock. So if anybody saw anything, we would appreciate a phone call on that. Hopefully people can help out with that one. And something, John, that is going on uh, for the last year or so and is still happening and people are still getting caught from this, and this is fraudulent text messages with links on them. Yeah, John Paul, and there's a very interesting uh, report there issued there by the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland today, and it shows that um, it's a staggering amount they've recorded more than 143,000 fraudulent debit and credit card transactions in the first half of 2020, you know. And obviously, because the shop's been closed, in-store card fraud was down. But um, online card fraud, they say, rose by 21%. And yeah, I would I would agree with that, because we're seeing it ourselves reflected in the, in the figures that we have access to, you know, and that, that we compile, you know. And very much so... Um, that fraudsters, we know, they have tailored their scams to take advantage of the rise of the of online retail. You know, so obviously there was a, obviously a drop in in-store car fraud, but again, uh, it it rose. Um, you know, with 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 online, and just to reference it, one there in the last week, uh, 24th day of March, a person person below there in Middleton area they received a text message purported to be coming from Bank of Ireland. Okay, they, they clicked on the link. Uh, and it, was, it referenced uh, a transaction uh, for 140 to do with a Revolut account. Now, they didn't have that. They clicked on the link, but they got a phone call later from Bank of Ireland. Uh, 3,000 had been debited from their account, just to give you an idea. Uh, and, I mean, week after week, yes, we're, we're seeing it ourselves, you know. So we'd, we'd ask the people to be very, very con- conscious of uh, when, when they're online. And I suppose the wee Easter weekend could be a busy period online as well with people doing uh, online shopping or browsing, you know. So be very, very vigilant over the coming weeks. And as I said, in particular, over this weekend, you know. Yeah. Um, and so watch the website as well, by the way, and the link, because a lot of people get cut out with very, that. Very, very careful. They don't think about that, you know. Uh, the important thing is to use secure websites. You know, the website address should be HTTPS before the purchase is made, indicating a secure connection. You know, the padlock symbol. Now, under no circumstances, you know, uh, if if you're in public, use public Wi-Fi, you know, when, when making payments, you know. And uh, again, be cautious about outrageous offers or websites that are offering, uh, you, you know, legitimate goods. But that appear to be at completely knockdown prices. Go in, check a review of that website. You know, as you get, I wrote to people saying whether that stuff has come that they've ordered or not. You know, so again, fraudsmart.ie is a very good website. So that's fraudsmart.ie. 
and you'll get a lot of, of, of very good tips on that. Um, so ju- just for people to be cautious as they when shopping online. True, um, yeah, very true, because you can get cut out. And as you say, if you're busy, people easily click on the link and they think it's related to what they might have bought and then it leads to those situations. So just be very, very careful. There's no rush for anybody to click on a link on a text message whatsoever. You can take your time uh, and you can figure it out yourself, but there's no rush to go immediately clicking onto anything. So just exactly. be very, very careful. Now, you want exactly. to speak about COVID incidents and fines. Yeah, and I suppose, to, to be fair, uh, John Paul, you know, overall the compliance is extremely good. You know, uh, the public have made a massive effort, you know, in complying with regulations and guidelines. You know, fines in the spot, you know, they're only a very, very small percentage of the entire population. And we'd ask the people uh, to really, over the Easter weekend, you know, to reduce social contacts you know, and uh, to reduce the impact of COVID-19, you know, on our society. You know, staying home, reducing social contacts, you know, is essential. Now, travelling to holiday homes, second homes, family gatherings, is not a reasonable excuse for travelling. Just to give you an idea, last couple of days, um, you know, I won't go into specifics about, uh, you know, the, the amounts uh, uh, of, of uh, fines issued or anything like that, but, uh, you, you know, um, a couple of individuals that had travelled up from County Wexford, and they were doing uh, power washing of driveways and all in the Fermoy area. We were very fast to get a number of phone calls from, from people, you know, concerned about it, and a number of uh, uh, a number of fines were issued as a, as a result. So again, not uh, you know that is not uh, an activity that one can engage in at the moment, and certainly they were a lot longer than five kilometres, you know. So people just exercise common sense. You know, um, there's a reason for those guidelines being in place. And Gardaí warning people not to be travelling us of the 5k this weekend and extra checkpoints will be in place across the county. Absolutely and there'll be plenty more and uh, we'll be looking at parks and open spaces you know and we'd ask the people visiting parks and open spaces look park legally park responsibly don't lack block access there for emergency services, you, you know. And, and if you are out in the middle of the park and you're having a picnic, will you, you know, take take away what you brought with you? You know, don't believe it as a job for somebody else to pick up your bottles and to pick up your rubbish, you know. So for people, um, you, you, you know, to be reasonable and take, take good take good precautions. But as I say, we will be monitoring. And, you know, people seem to think that, uh, you know, we're not looking at the side roads, the rat runs. Yeah, there will be guards uh, monitoring, uh, you know, the side roads and uh, other alternative ways into um, what would what would be scenic areas and areas where parks are and everything else. So just for people to be cautious, you know, and uh, as I say, the five kilometre uh, rule still applies. OK, John, well, thank you for that. Enjoy your Easter and we'll chat to thank you again you in a few call. weeks. Thank, you, thank you. That's Sergeant John Kelly there joining us from Fermoy Garda Station with this week's Garda Files. In earlier, while we were discussing with Eileen Kirby of Kirby Shoes and Bannon Colleague about uh, the issue of uh, children's shoes, what we had over the last number of months, people unable to access that service. And now, of course, in the yesterday afternoon, it was made an essential service and how appointments now are building up for all shoe shops as people can eventually buy shoes 
used for the younger ones in their household, those young children who grow very fast, especially when it comes to the feet at certain ages. Well, on that, Michael on WhatsApp says, I'm amused when I hear all the noise about children's shoes. I only remember too well the days when I and many others walked to school and indeed walked to the distance of our school of well over a mile every day without a shoe. In the winter, we would be lucky to have a pair of shoes or perhaps Wellingtons. Thank God now that the age group in their 70s and 80s are alive to tell that tale and it never stopped their growth, says Michael on WhatsApp to 0862 And a listener got in contact with us on email. Now, they don't want their name read out. We have their details, but they just want advice on this. And they say that today, a colleague of theirs received notification that as of the 12th of April, the holiday-let company that they work for are once again taking bookings and opening. Now, officially, the website remains closed for bookings, but they are renting out now again anyway. Now, this person is saying, I am so frustrated over this. I haven't seen my mum in 16 months. It's ongoing as it is. And she lives in the UK. And this, to me, is just so wrong. Do you think I should report it to someone? Please, and don't give out my name. I live in a small community. Uh, but uh, on her situation, I mean, it's someone that's working for a holiday like company and you're frustrated because they're going again to take bookings. Um, people's views are welcome on this. I mean, the only thing is there's a number of uh, holiday companies here in Ireland that are taking bookings for June, July and August because they're hopeful that things will be opening by then. That is the plan as it is. We have to wait and see. Uh, so many plans are in place and things can go back as, as soon as they are put into place because no one knows what COVID can do. Uh, and we can see how it changes our lives every single month if there's a new variant gets in or anything like that. I suppose the vaccines are working and, and they are, uh, you know, other countries you can see how they are getting back to normal uh, sooner than we are but uh, companies are taking bookings for June, July and August. Many of them are not taking money uh, they're just taking bookings so that if things don't go the way they are then they won't be needing to refund some are taking deposits and they are then either giving the deposit back or letting people know that you can hold the deposit over to next year. So I don't think they're doing anything wrong because a number of companies and people who even have homes and they run, you know, they advertise their home on an Airbnb. Uh, they are doing that. They are taking bookings, not for today or tomorrow. I know some might be, but the majority of those companies are not doing that for today or tomorrow. Uh, they're taking bookings for June, July, August, September, uh, because hopefully we'll be in a better place by then. Uh, but again, you know, if they are taking money, they're willing to refund it or transfer the deposit over because those companies are very aware that things can go wrong. So uh, I don't think reporting it, you know, will do anything if 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 they are taking bookings for later in the summer uh, which so many are so I mean I'll put it out there what people think of that that company that is again taking bookings um, your views are welcome 1850 text or whatsapp 0862103103 thanks to that person for your email on the way we're looking for your pet questions if there's a pet in your household you want to ask a question uh, to our vet Jane will get those into us now on 1850 you can always text or whatsapp as well 0862103103 
103. Jane will be joining us. Jane Pickett, that is, will be joining us after 12.30, answering all your pet queries. Good afternoon. Your calls and comments are welcome. And also, your pet questions, because Jane Pickett of the Island of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket will be joining us after 12.30. If you have a question for a pet in your household, for Jane, get that into us now as well. On 1850-333-103 to Bernie, or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now, a lot of comments in across the morning on the various issues we have been discussing. I also have an email asking us about... Easter eggs and the quality of the chocolate in Easter eggs. Have you noticed a difference over the last number of years? Well, we have an email in from a person who was questioning a Cambry Easter eggs and we have uh, the details from Cambry as well. So we'll get uh, to that between now and 12.30. But first of all, back to your calls and comments. And this is going back to the situation with the Dublin GAA players. And they are, they were having their training session yesterday, which they should not have been doing under the COVID regulations, but they were. And now a lot of people asking for Dublin to be reprimanded or punished in some way, like other counties have been and clubs in the last year. And on this, a texter here is saying regarding those players, the other question on this is, what about them returning home to their spouses, their mums, their dads, their siblings? Like, where is the question of this responsibility when it comes to those players? Also, your GAA reporter, Fimmer McCarthy, there referring to the rules. We are all abiding by these rules, but we are getting a bit sick of the GAA when it comes to these rules, says that person on text. Uh, while another texter saying the government could do nothing with a judge when it came to Golfgate. He walked free. So, should the same be done when it comes to the GAA? Asks that texter. And then, while we were speaking about yesterday, more so on the show, regarding the 5K and how people are noticing heavier traffic on the roads. And then we heard about the policing uh, aspect that even on the Gardaí there, there is going to be more Gardaí presence right across Easter. And a lot of this was imposed yesterday. And we heard yesterday how there'll be more checkpoints, especially to beauty spots and to coastal regions like West Cork was mentioned yesterday the fact that uh, there will be a, a higher guard of presence for those driving into West Cork because they feel many will try to go to their holiday homes and we were flooded yesterday with a number of calls and texts from people who said too late because a lot of people from Dublin have arrived last Saturday night and a lot of callers who live or were travelling a lot of people who were on the front line uh, travelling overnight going to work coming from work on the Bantry line said the road was packed with holidaymakers coming down boats and everything very clear to see they were travelling down for the Easter and they were staying for the full two weeks ahead of the extra guarded checkpoint so they should have been done last weekend and maybe at the Saturday into Sunday morning and uh, that those tourists so-called tourists are already down to their holiday homes now in the various parts of Cork but especially in West Cork is where a lot of the calls we got were coming from uh, who by the, they, they saw already people had been coming down the previous weekend uh, and were questioning why now are the you know forces uh, coming into play when they should have been there last weekend anyhow uh, more on this and this text are here from the McCroom area who says yes we have uh, the Gardaí here in McCroom and uh, they have checkpoints but they don't have a checkpoint at Mill Street Cross where it is pretty uh, well placed and it's the obvious place to catch people especially going to Killarney 
and Mill Street a no-brainer. The traffic as bad as ever uh, here in McCroom, as it would seem, nobody is honouring the 5K. And then from the 5K to the McCroom Castle area around the golf club, uh, which, by the way, is a beautiful area if you're ever in McCroom. Uh, there's a beautiful walkway uh, through the town park there, and you would think you're actually not in any town. It's it's quite remote, but you are in the centre of McCroom. Anyhow, on that beautiful area of the town park and the area this person on WhatsApp is saying is near the golf club area, at the top of this, there's a number of trees and these trees now are riddled with bottles and cans. So, to stop this pandemic, we need to first of all look at closing the offices again, for God's sake, and stop this pandemic payment. Um, that might be able to stop people then buying the alcohol I suppose you mean it's another no-brainer the government only want the taxes by keeping the drink flowing pure hypocrites by saying one thing and doing another thing says that person on WhatsApp regarding what he is seeing in the McCroom area uh, at the checkpoints well on the Gardafile they have said they are now going to go to those routes where people might have been using all along the, the secondary routes that they'll be there now the Guardian will be across the weekend and on the issue of drinking I think everybody in every town in Cork can agree with you there that there is areas everybody will know an area in their town that might be or might not be surrounded by trees uh, that they're aware there is people drinking and there is bottles and cans in that area and not only happening in McCroom I would imagine thank you for your WhatsApp though and it's a good point you make on those while everybody's trying to enforce and obey the rules this is happening and there is ways around it and on the issue of the 5k and lockdown a texter here asking a very genuine question that I think a lot of us are asking uh, Hi John Paul I never saw as much traffic on the roads than at present my question is where is the lockdown and very true I mean even yesterday travelling home from the studios here uh, the traffic is, especially as you approach the city just as high as it would have been before the pandemic came. So when you question the lockdown, I mean, not everybody on all those cars was going or coming from work uh, when people are being told to work at home. And I don't think a lot of people were. So you'd wonder, yeah, where is the lockdown now? Even though figures are good in Cork at the same time, uh, people are afraid that we could end up in a situation and we could lose our summer if things get out of control. And on that, uh, I've shortly we spoke to people uh, because we had a lot of calls yesterday as well and texts in from people who saw large gatherings in different parks in different towns. A number of people were naming out various towns uh, that they saw a lot of people gathering. And there's various views on people gathering outdoors at the moment. Some people think it's fine that other people are against it and obviously with the regulations people should not be doing and gathering in large groups in parks and indeed in open spaces and streets the Finance Minister Pascal Dunahoo was speaking on this he said he's appalled to see large crowds of people meeting to drink in public places this was video footage that appeared from Dublin as well on Monday and Tuesday regarding those who were out drinking on the key sides there it's happening in Cork as well and the calls we were getting yesterday uh, from various parks in county towns. Uh, but on that, despite the restrictions and outdoors and nothing will start to ease from April the 12th, the people we spoke to yesterday had mixed views on all of this. Unless there's a strong police for outside, policing what people are doing, it's not fair for the rest of us and it's impossible to stop, really. To be honest, I don't really have a problem with it. I, I think it's OK to meet outside for a couple of drinks. As long as it doesn't go too far and you're not, you know, all hugging each other at the end, you know? Like, obviously, some people are breaking the restrictions because they just don't care. But some of the people are doing it because they're trying to save a bit of mental health. 
So mixed views there on what is happening at the moment in our parks, on our streets. Uh, things will ease from April 12th, but at the moment they're not, and people have mixed views on that. So your views are welcome, 1850-333-103. And on the vaccine, a Texan here on WhatsApp from Michael in Castletown Bear, who says, you cannot but agree with what Luke O'Neill has said. The biggest predictor of death and severe illnesses from COVID-19 is how old you are. Hence, the current vaccine plan makes medical sense and this is the the current one that we spoke about yesterday the changes and how some professions like the guardian teachers were not happy with that michael says the death rates by age groups are 80 plus 14.5%, 70 to 79 is 8%, 60 to 69 is 3.6%, 50 to 59 3.5% and 40 to 49 at 0.4%. So going to open up too much at the moment is little too dangerous with so many variants too close for comfort. Just another few weeks and hopefully more vaccinated we would feel more comfortable. It's too soon to relax says Michael. It's like driving home for a few hundred miles and taking Taking your seatbelt off about five or six miles from home, thinking you were safe, is just the same with COVID-19. You're just not safe with the current numbers, says Michael in Castletown Bear regarding the vaccines and regarding that issue of the easing of restrictions and tying in with what we heard there from people who were uh, thinking that it's okay to be out and about when uh, we know you're not supposed to be meeting out and about in large groups and that is happening and people have concerns about that. And when we go to the issue of driving, because earlier Michael from Bantry was in contact with us and he was driving home last night uh, from the shop and in a 50k zone as he was approaching a 30k zone what he describes is a boy racer drove behind him flashing lights and trying to make him to go faster now Michael did not speed up he kept within the limit uh, but he said they persisted to flash their lights well Audrey has a similar incident she says yes I had a fellow flashing lights behind me and also a fellow blew the horn at me for about 5 minutes to get me move faster while I presume Audrey were in a speed limit as well uh, but there's Notice that on the roadways, people rushing more, but in with Michael and Audrey regarding speed limits. If you are driving in a 50 or 60k zone and cars behind you tailgating you or flashing the lights or blowing the horn for you to go faster while you are within a speed limit in a 60 or, as I say, a 50k zone, have you noticed that? But have you noticed in general people? just becoming more angry on the roads. Maybe it's lockdown. Uh, it is getting to a lot of people, as we know, but are they taking their frustrations out by way of road rage? Let us know. What have you seen on the roads? People are noticing that a lot more, it would seem. 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. Bernie takes your comments. You can text on WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And we also spoke about the uh, housing situation earlier and how people who have are living in an estate and basically cannot get sleep due to others having house parties and it ends up by if they approach the person they can be intimidated by them have their property damaged and there seems to be no way around this unless you sell up and leave and people don't want to do that and a lot are turning to support services as we heard from Sally Hallan who runs a crime support service in the city and she's hearing firsthand from people who just have no option but to turn to her support group to see what can be done uh, there's not a lot can be done it would seem from those who we have spoken with and from those that Sally as well has has dealt with apart from the advice we got earlier is play them at their own game from listeners and then they realise what they hear when they're having their lion all day put on your radio loud and have music blaring and see how they like it uh, but also there's a texter here who feels that now we have a lot of 
do-gooders and too many charities out there that have a lot to answer for. If you pay €300,000 for your house and then someone like this moves in and the house can devalue, uh, why is it devaluing and why have these people everything in their home. A lot has to be answered for those charities. They don't even visit the houses when they give out equipment, uh, even if they are looking at the garden to see if it's in order. Uh, so the those who receive houses and those charities who help them and the do-gooders have a lot to answer for. The people who are working in this country and paying high prices for their homes are the ones suffering. Uh, makes the point there from that person on text. And regarding shoes, and the shoes opening again or the shoe shops opening again well not opening but for children's shoes they'll be available uh, as an essential service and you can book an appointment with your local shoe shop and then you can go in and fit on a shoe for your child because as we know children grow so fast there's an issue regarding uh, shoes and children not accessing shoes and this was leading to a number of problems for young children when on this uh, Jim uh, says well do we really think it's going to be kids shoes the shoe shop will be selling when they open. I don't think so. It's a joke. The government will make a shambles of reopening the country again and the summer is in another lockdown and I understand the situation but I think the vaccine rollout is far more important than reopening. Sorry, it's my view. Stay safe, says Jim, regarding the opening of the shoe shops, who is going against what a lot of people are saying this morning to reopen them for children to avail of those shoes. Uh, Jim feels that reopening the country again, like what is happening now, the government is going to make a shambles of it and we could be in uh, for a summer of lockdown if we do things like this, uh, not agreeing with what is happening regarding the opening of shoe shops. Essential only, though, for children's shoes and it must be by appointment only. And then earlier when we were talking about shoes, and we were speaking about the Michael who whatsapped us regarding his memories of walking to school with no shoes and all the talk these days about shoes fitting right and all of that uh, this person says my mum is 90 and she tells us that she walked three miles to school every day and she took off her shoes to keep them clean while she was walking uh, thank you for your whatsapp on that and so many people have memories of walking to school with no shoes uh, of a certain generation thank you for your whatsapp and Tim is in Yole and Tim is uh, something we, we, we when we were discussing the shoes and going into your local shoe shop and we were speaking with Eileen from Kirby's she was making the point now people need to support their local shops more so than ever now when they reopen because we need to keep local business in the area and of course local business then when one shop does well there's a knock on effect for the town and we are seeing more people now travelling and moving back to their own hometowns so with all of that in play uh, she was making the point and others saying we need to support local businesses, small local businesses in our main streets. Well, Tim in Yall has a different view on that though. Tim says, with regards to supporting the local economy, because of having to go online to purchase goods over the last while, people will now realise that we are being ripped off by the local business economy here in Ireland, says Tim. It's okay to request support for the local economy. However, why should we support them when we don't get value for our hard-earned money? And we can get the same goods online for half the cost. It's a foregone conclusion. The online business is the way forward, but it may come in a different and safer form in the future. But it's here to stay. And if Irish businesses are not competitive, they will not survive. 
Facts of life, says Tim in Yall on text to 0862103103. People that I'm sure will have various views on what Tim is saying. A lot of people, when we raise this topic on people going online to buy certain items, will always say, and you'll always hear this from shop owners, when it comes to supporting though your local GAA club or your local rugby club or soccer club or looking for finance for a sponsor prize or a raffle for the community hall, that needs to be done up or whatever it is. Where did I go? They go into the local shop or the local business or whatever the person is selling in the local town. They're the first port of call. The committee will be sitting down at Zoom at the moment, though. But when things go back to normal, sitting around the table and discussing, and always comes up and let's you know let's have a raffle and we can get spot prizes from the local shops. But if the local shop isn't there, I mean, are the likes of the bigger online companies will will they give a spot price? Uh, or do you supply or do you rely on your local store uh, that's the argument that always comes back when we when someone uh, makes that point about not supporting local thank you for your text still Tim on that on 0862 calls to Bernie on 1850 and I mentioned the vaccine there uh, from Michael in Castletown Bear I've uh, Anne on email earlier has sent an email to say that isn't it a shame that our government weren't smart enough to ensure a good quantity of the COVID vaccine. For goodness sake, the most that could have that they could have sorted would have been four million times two. They concentrated Anfields too much on the AstraZeneca and wasted valuable time. Does Vandalier realise if Ireland does open up, Ireland will contribute enormously to the EU? When I hear the Taoiseach mentioning July and August, I fear we won't be sorted as the Midlands and Dublin are crazily high when it comes to COVID cases and they seemingly can't contain it. Are they just waiting for Dublin uh, to sort themselves out at the cost of us here in Munster? That is daft. We are being fibbed off, says Anne on email to jp at c103.ie regarding the vaccine rollout and what is happening at the moment in this country and how, like Anne puts it, we have areas of the East Coast which are very, very high. If you look at Dublin, also just parts of the Midlands, awfully for some reason, uh, and also, you know, Kildare, Meath uh, and the surrounding counties of Dublin that will be the commuter belts also were high over the last few weeks. So with that in mind, then, you know, if, if, if we have low figures here, are we the ones suffering because of those elsewhere in the country? And did they concentrate too much on one vaccine and not look at others? Anyhow, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens over the next few weeks. And thank you for your email. And another email here, which I'll get to shortly. This is to do with Easter eggs. Have you bought Easter eggs recently? Bush? have you been munching on them before Easter because uh, and a few people were on to us last year on this as well and Mary is questioning the quality of Easter eggs well we'll get to that email very shortly on 1850 333103 text or whatsapp 0862103103 and I know a lot of people were asking about curfews and when we hear there about people gathering outdoors and house parties that have been taking place in the city I know there's been a number of fines issued by the Gardaí for people in the city who have had house parties on that Mary says hi John Paul what is the view of a 9pm curfew for the next two weeks over Easter it would stop parties and gatherings but I'd love to know what people view is on this says Mary on text to 0862103103 and Paddy is on the mizzen and he says every holiday home here in the mizzen is occupied this week uh, he's asking what lockdown question mark uh, Paddy on text to 0862103103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme If you or anyone you know needs help in accessing non-emergency and non-medical supports or advice see corkcoco.ie 
And Kadori Home Bingo that continues this week with the snowball prize increased to 150 euro. Books cost 5 euro and they're on sale locally and also in Thornhill's Opticians and Myers Max Oil in Mitchellstown. Proceeds are in aid of Kildallery Community Development and Kildallery GAA. And Dylan's Adventures they will continue their efforts to raise funds for Barristown with their latest event which is Walk All Day within our 5k. It's taking place on Easter Monday and Dylan together with his dad Pat and sister Rachel plan to start their walk at 7am and they will walk all day until sunset after around 8pm you can help them in their fundraising for Barristown by donating on their Just Giving page Walk All Day Within Our 5K and Castle Magner Community Development Association and Toddy Towns will hold their AGM via Zoom and that's on Tuesday the 6th of April at 8pm the link for the Zoom meeting is available if you email Castle Magner Community at gmail.com or contact any committee member. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And while I mentioned there about people out and about outdoors and people have mixed views about those gathering, Mary is in Tallow and she says she drives from Tallow to Fermoy and you pass through a small village. It used to be a nice place to go for a walk but now it's full of people who are leaving litter everywhere and broken bottles all over the place. Where are they getting all this drink from? Asked Mary in Tallow, agreeing with what the listener in McCroom was highlighting earlier as well. And on that then, uh, staying with people out and about in parks, uh, Texa here says, I am a senior person and I have been indoors since Christmas. With the nice weather, I decided to go for a walk to my local town park, and that is in Kenturk. But I was absolutely disgusted with dog owners not picking up their dog poo. Also, dogs off leads running around after people. They could trip an older person by jumping up on them. Uh, surely there should be a big sign clearly stating all of this and also that dogs should be on a lead only and pick up your dog poo and bin it, uh, says that person on WhatsApp. And staying with the issue of homes and people who are in, or have bought a home and they're living next to a noisy neighbour, house partying all night and all of that. Martin is in Mitchellstown who says those residents should start breaking blocks while the neighbours are in bed with a sore head after partying all night. That might teach them, says Martin in Mitchellstown. On the issue of driving, and this is where Michael and Bantry was faced with this guy flashing lights at him to go faster while he was in a 50k zone. Jerry in Mayfield said he was driving uh, when a car came very close behind him recently and what Jerry did was he tipped the brakes and the other driver got a fright and pulled back uh, pulled back even uh, fairly fast so uh, Jerry's tip there now be careful and care some of them uh, drive into the back of you as well but hopefully not hopefully you just tip the brakes as Jerry says and uh, that driver got a bit of a fright and decided to pull back and on things reopening and shops reopening rose from the Tarashtok a charity shop in Dunmanway says that they're waiting for the day that they will be allowed to open they cater for people who cannot afford to buy uh, the new items and they rely as well on social interaction from all of us uh, so making the point that they're hopefully the day will come soon and it looks like May at some time or May, June maybe no set date yet but that's what it looks like uh, for other retail stores like yourselves Rose to open but we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next number of weeks and Trish is in Blackpool she says she lives in a housing estate and at times neighbours can be burning stuff in their back garden 
Now, uh, they may may be burning it in a drum or something like that, but it could be something like old furniture or whatever. She has asked them to stop over the years, uh, but obviously it hasn't. And she's advised them that they keep doing this. You know, they could lose their home. Uh, but again, they haven't stopped. They've kept going, uh, unfortunately. And sad to hear that, Trish, when you, you know, you were trying to be nice and tell them to stop, but they, they keep at it. Anyhow, uh, hopefully things are improving with that for you. And, and it is a concern for so many. Now, a lot of other uh, calls and comments coming in on various issues. Uh, first of all, to do with the roads and them being so busy and checkpoints and people texting in. Uh, if you're on the roads around Drum Colliher, which is a back way into Cork, the traffic is crazy on those roads and there's no checkpoints around Inneskeen or Dunmanway. So those roads are crazy as well. But Gardaí are saying, they are going to be out in force this weekend and they are going to be on those roads where people might feel they can get around the checkpoints they will be on minor and secondary roads now this weekend as well uh, it's what they are saying and on shoe shops and people finding it hard to get shoes Anne says the shoe shops should be open for people like me I have to physically try on shoes I just can't buy them online because I have foot problems and I can't see anything wrong with when you're doing this with social distancing and I wonder will that be considered uh, for shoe shops and on, on the advice from the government that that isn't but I mean if you were having problems and you have no shoes I mean could you uh, ring your local shoe shop and ask for advice and, and could they do something for you um, legally though you're, they're not allowed it's just for children's shoes only as essential but you're not alone Anne there is a number of people like that and they can't go online because they get the shoe size then and it's the wrong size uh, and Jill hello to you Jill a summer is arriving, some positive news. The swallow, we had swallows arriving yesterday in various parts of Cork. I'm not too sure where you are, Jill, but you have spotted the swallow. Uh, so hello to you. And it's a, a sign the summer has arrived and it looks like that weather-wise anyhow. A nice day today and a nice day as well tomorrow. Now, Easter eggs, which how many of you I'm sure a lot of you have uh, purchased Easter eggs over the last while. Maybe we've all nibbled on them before we should for Easter. Uh, But Mary has emailed in and she's asking listeners what they think of the chocolate in Easter eggs. She says, particularly Cambry, whose chocolate she feels has disimproved so much since they stopped making it with milk and used palm oil instead. Uh, Mary says they changed their ads even. Uh, What does it even mean? Well, uh, we did look into this for you, Mary, and uh, Cambries disagree. Uh, they say that we have not changed the recipe of the much-loved Cadbury dairy milk. Uh, they say that uh, everything is still made at the heart and the home of Cambry. All the classic Cambry dairy milk bars are manufactured in the UK still. And on the issue of palm oil, they said they have responded to this criticism before and the speculation over the use of palm oil in their bars and ingredients. The spokesperson said, we have not introduced palm oil as a new ingredient in our products. We have been using vegetable fats, including palm oil, since the 1950s and its inclusion in this recipe is not a new addition. In order to provide clearer information to our consumers and in accordance with the new EU regulations on food labelling, we now specify the vegetable oils that are used in the composition of our products. So palm oil was always one of those. It might not have been visible before on the packets. Now Now it is because they have to include everything that's in the bar or the egg due to new EU regulations. But uh, Mary, on your, and I'm not too sure if the taste of chocolate has changed over the years, 
uh, and, and and what is going on with that but uh, Cadbury Dairy Milk uh, they say that they've always used palm oil and they still use milk and nothing has changed whatsoever in regards to the producing of their chocolate have others noticed that let us know we'll get back to that on the show tomorrow but your uh, pet questions are now welcome for Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket she joins us next if you have a question for uh, Jane for a pet in your household Jane is up next on 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086-2103-103 and Mary, who texts in asking what people view is on a curfew. Well, Mary, I can tell you in the last five minutes of your text, mixed. Some people for it, some people against it. And one person feels it's a great idea. Mary, you said 9pm for a curfew. That person says it should be earlier at 7pm for a curfew over the next two weeks to see if we can move on and get out of this lockdown was Mary's idea. And Mary, thank you for your text. Let's move on uh, to your questions for Jane. If you have any pet questions, get them into us because Jane Pickett of the the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Groups, join me uh, this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm fine, Jane. And a lot of questions in, so we'll get straight to them. And one is from Anne, and this is an interesting one because she's asking, is it safe to give a three-year-old boxer a Panadol tablet? Now, the reason she asks is because her boxer dog was sick and vomiting a bit and she feels that he was also in pain. He's better now, but he often gets tummy rumbling a lot and then he won't eat and he also won't stay on his own when he is sick. So what advice would you give to Anne? To be honest, what I would advise is to go and see your vet. Um, if you have any concerns regarding, let's say, either that maybe your dog is painful or has an upset tummy or anything like that, I really think it would be best to attend your vet rather than to home medicate. Um, so the ingredient in Panadol, paracetamol, can be used in some animals, but is entirely toxic to others, for example, cats. Um, so that's not something we would advise under any circumstance. However, there are some, let's say, veterinary products that might have paracetamol in them that we would use in dogs, but they would definitely be under veterinary guidance. So it's not something I would advise as, let's say, a home remedy in the same way that we'd use ourselves. Um, if we had a fever or were feeling unwell, I would definitely advise attending your vet before kind of trying to treat it at home. Okay. Hopefully that helps you, Anne. And also, Anne has her boxer dog of 12 years that passed away about 80 years ago. And since then, her boxer of three years misses this older dog a lot because they used to get on so very well together. There were no relation. But what advice would you give for, for her dog who is still missing that dog, even though he passed away a number of years ago? Well, what I would say is that, to be honest, time is the best healer. It can be really, really difficult. And a lot of the time they do very much grieve in their own way, even though they might not be directly related. They're, you know, they're their other four legged buddy in the family. Um, it can be a really tough time when they do pass away. And some dogs and cats can feel very at sea without their usual friend. What I would say is it's like every everyone. We all grieve in a different way and some of us will just need a little bit more time than others to adjust. I think the best thing you can do is just be around, be present, be company for them and maybe try and get out and about as, as lockdown and COVID compliant as we can and just take them for walks in your local area. A little bit of distraction, fresh air, sunlight is, is always helpful for their, for their mental health long term. But I really think it's time you need. It's not a case that I would rush into, let's say, getting another dog unless that was something that was suitable for your lifestyle. Um, but I think company, either human or a dog, is, is usually the best the best solution. 
Okay, an advice here, Jane, for Mary, who was in Connor. Now, first of all, Mary says she hates taking her dogs into the vet because they hate it and they obviously get nervous before they know they're going into the vet. But she wants to know, is there any cure for a blocked anal glands in her Jack Russells? The short answer is if they do have, let's say, recurring anal gland problems or let's say a blocked anal gland, which it sounds like in, in this case may have been diagnosed previously by your vet by the sounds of it, um, then no, without attending your vet, there's not really. Sometimes we suggest increasing the fibre in their diet if it was just a dog that had the odd occasional anal gland issue. But if we have an existing problem like a blocked anal gland or an anal gland infection or recurrent anal gland problems, you definitely need to attend your vet. It's really not something I would put off. It can be a very painful, uncomfortable thing. And if the gland is blocked um, and the gland gets a bit bigger, it's like a balloon that's about to burst. So sometimes if you have a blocked gland, it can be that, you know, it, it might cause major problems later on if the gland were to rupture and a really nasty infection. I totally empathize with you being a bit nervous about bringing your dogs to the vets and, and seeing them stressed out. What I would say is have a chat with your vet and just let them know that they get quite stressed out um, and just, just flag that with them at the time that you book the appointment. And normally most vets will do our very best to try and facilitate bringing them in at the quietest time so that there's less cars, less dogs, less cats in the car park so that, you know, everything can be as smooth and quiet as possible. And a lot of the time as well, as vets, I know we usually try and facilitate, let's say, very nervous dogs at a quiet time, but sometimes at the end of a consulting block so that if things run on a little bit or we need to be, let's say, extra patient and give them extra time to, you know, get their bearings and feel a bit more comfortable in our environment that we have the time to do that and nobody is is stressed out so i think just flag it with your vet but this is something that i definitely feel you need to attend the vet for for to get a solution and just to make sure your pet is comfortable all right hopefully that helps you there mary and connor and margaret wants advice on what you can do in relation to a yorkie who is 14 years old who is continuously incontinent of urine he is male and we put incontinence belly bands on him uh, what would you advice would you give to margaret okay um this is a dog that really sounds like it needs a, a workup for its 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 bladder problem um, so let's say incontinence, so not really being aware of peeing is a lot more common in older females than males, but it can still happen in males. Um, there are some causes that can underlie that. Um, so sometimes it could be that it might be something curable, like an infection that's really kind of making them, let's say, got, get caught short and, and pee where they shouldn't a lot of the time um, and solving the infection might improve things. Sometimes there could be crystals in the urine that can cause um, irritation of the bladder, making that kind of uh, making them want to, to void their bladder a little bit more frequently. But sometimes it can be true incontinence, so where they're not aware that they're peeing themselves. And that can be a problem with the nerves connecting to the bladder. What I would say in this case is if you haven't had a workup for, let's say, a bladder or urine infection, um, with your vet, it's really important to attend. I know it's a very frustrating thing to have at home because I suppose obviously the dog is living at home and it's their home and your home and nobody wants it smelling of pee or having pee all over the place. So it's really important just to rule out the simple things that might be curable. And if it's not one of those simple things that might be curable, your vet will be able to give you give you kind of uh, advice on how to manage longer term so that the bond you have with your dog and everybody's kind of comfort at home can be optimised as best as possible in the situation. So I, I would attend your vet for a workup for this one.
Okay, and here's a, a behaviour issue with a six-year-old male cat that got neutered a few years ago. Now, he was an indoor cat and now an outdoor and indoor cat. The thing is, he comes in, cries, eats, sleeps, then leaves, then cries to come back in, bangs on the door or window until we leave him in and then cries to go out again. It's so frustrating just constantly obeying to his demands. Any idea how we can resolve this? Well, one thing I'd say is that if if your cat is anything like my cats at home, the cat is the master of the house, or at least that's what they think in their own head. So a lot of the time, they're just incredibly demanding. Their whims will change very quickly. They'll be outside and then they'll want to be inside and then they'll want to go outside again. And in their own little head, you you are there to open the door for them. And that that's your main function sometimes. I would say that this is probably just an extremely indecisive cat. Um, who is living the life of Riley having indoor and outdoor access. So he, I'm sure he's delightfully happy. My best solution in this situation would be to get a cat flap so that they can open their own door. I think that would probably be the easiest way um, to keep the cat happy and not have 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 to have yourself opening the door all of the time. Exactly. They rule the rules to do this. Those cats do yep. that. They have that, <laughs> that, that attitude about them. And very finally, Jane, okay. just a word of advice for Easter. We were mentioning Easter eggs earlier and the different type of eggs and the chocolate and the taste and all of that. But the big thing is when it comes to animals, chocolate and Easter or chocolate and, and animals don't doesn't agree and usually Easter is a time whereby people kind of tend to throw a bit of extra egg to the animals just a warning to be careful Mm -hmm, absolutely under any circumstance please don't feed your dogs cats or small furries any kind of chocolate whether it be dark milk or white or any of those little Easter cakes that will be chocolate flavoured at this point it is quite dangerous it can be poisonous to dogs and cats and even in a small amount depending on the size of the pet and it can cause things like seizures heart attacks vomiting diarrhea so everything from the not so not so severe signs right up until you know unfortunately that pet may be being extremely unwell so please be careful particularly with any easter egg hunts that might be going on around the house with kids just make sure there's no kids left no um easter eggs left behind that the dogs might find that the kids haven't very good well jane thank you for that enjoy your easter enjoy the easter eggs are you a fan of easter eggs Oh, I love chocolate. Yeah. It's, I'm <laughs> yeah. in my element at this time of year. <laughs> Aren't we all? Extra. Yep. Jane, <laughs> enjoy it. And we'll chat to you here next Thursday again. That is our vet here on the show, Jane Pickett of the Idenwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. And a number of people on whom we spoke about the uh, idea and the lockdown that we are in with, with the 5K and people travelling from outside of Cork to their holiday homes. A number of people saying uh, that something should have been done last weekend on this a texter here is saying, so frustrating seeing Dublin families arriving into holiday homes in the Bantry area. Are we going to have a replay of Christmas? Importing the virus again from areas like Dublin, Meath and Kildare. Hi JP, surely the Gardaí should have and go to all the holiday homes and issue fines for breaches of travel, asks Dan. And I'm sure they can do that. I'm sure that happened in a few areas over the last time this occurred. And on the issue of lockdowns and the 5km people are travelling yes something needs to be done and they need to act sooner hopefully though this will be the last time this happens and Mike saying has Covid just shown the Irish up house parties broken bottles everywhere in all their towns and our parks dog dirt people breaking the 5k domestic violence Mike is asking what has our nation just become? Uh, Patricia Messenger is back tomorrow morning with Cork Today from 10am. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced. I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your Thursday afternoon. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.